And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Hello, everyone, to another edition here of the Massio Podcast. Well, of course, here's truly Charles Brodge Ritchie here, uh, host of On Deck as well. As you can catch me on my own Facebook page, On On Deck. And we're uh, getting ready to talk some uh, awesome Steelers updates uh, leading off uh, first with Coach Mike Tomlin uh, be announced by Steelers chairman and president Art Rooney II that he will be extended an additional three more years through the 2024 season. Uh, how you guys feel about that? Uh, probably arguably one of the greatest uh, coaches, probably next to Chuck Noah at this point in time. Uh, we'll see. Uh, pretty debatable. I know a lot of people have been getting it up on him since his last win. I've been very critical of him the last few years, but we'll get to that in just a moment. But his uh, career uh, milestones continues to pile up for not having the losing season. We'll get to that momentarily. Also, too, update on former two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 40 MVP, Heinz Ward. Find out how he's doing in his coach, his football coaching career right now uh, as he has moved out of the Jets now to Florida and Atlantic right now. Uh, being as an assistant to a wide receivers coach, uh, we'll give you more details on that as well. And uh, is it a possibility one day he could find himself back in the NFL as an offensive assistant or wide receivers coach somewhere in the NFL, maybe even the Steelers? We'll get to that a little bit later on. That will be coming up on fair or foul. And also, too, the NFL just released a bunch of amendments to some uh, little changes along with the competition committee and the owners on uh, certain rule changes. We got jersey numbers, elimination of overtime preseason, uh, making instant replay a lot more easier to digest on the field with the officials and from the booth, and including, too, another one, like onside kick uh, for the kicking team, easier to recover, and much more uh, stuff, too. Uh, Coaching and GM hires, too. And uh, move that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit more later on on the show. Once again, as always, if you guys want to follow me on social media, on Twitter, and Instagram, you can definitely do so by following me primarily on the Metal podcast on Twitter. It is at Metal CJR. And on Instagram, at Metal Nation right now. Uh, we are officially just a little over eight days away from the NFL draft right now. Uh, definitely uh, getting exciting right now final countdown if you will right now definitely very exciting right now see if the Steelers are going to go running back also offensive tackle maybe possibly even a center right now I mean I would have no problem with either one of those I mean in my world I would like to have running back that a tackle but if you go with an offensive tackle first or even a center I will not complain because at the same time too uh, seeing how that's going to be uh, this year for that that position that is so important right there as we look at how they're going to try and set themselves up uh, post Marquise uh, Pouncey era right now as we look at it. 
And I'd just be uh, real interested to see how they're able to get this uh, going here. As uh, right now, I mean, when we look at everything, I mean, J.C. Hasnauer, can he be that guy uh, for Ben Rosberger right now, who's signed one-year deal right now to be made in Pittsburgh? And I, I, that could just be just as critical. Remember, they were able to make the playoffs, I mean, so far when Marquise Pouncey has been injured just one time. That was back in 2015 where they made in as a wild card and only got one playoff win in that run. So, Pouncey, I mean, to his credit, it was definitely huge a lot. But speaking of huge right now, I want to get into uh, the man of the hour right now, as I was just uh, alluding to, uh, Mike Tomlin. Congratulations to him, sir, right there. I mean, uh, well-deserved right there. I know I've been uh, very critical of this guy. And, listen, I just want you guys to understand, I'm looking at it right now as – we know what he could do in the regular season and not having a losing record, which is great. But the only thing I continue to just get frustrated with, I mean, I mean, like our most even said too, when you keep saying the standard is a standard, what is that standard you are referring to? I mean, is it, I mean, and more Super Bowls, which I would think definitely the end game is for him or just continuing to preserve this team for the future, and uh, keep this team going in the right direction. Listen, he's got very great trust, rapport with Art Rooney and Kevin Colbert, who's still staying on right now from year to year. But still, when you look at it right now, I mean, for like his uh, coaches, I mean, for anything that's been going on, I mean, this guy has been uh, very uh, good – so far, I mean, he's fourth in career wins against current coaches right now. You got Bill Belichick at 323 wins, followed by Andy Reid at 238. Pete Carroll with 156. Mike Tomlin at 153 regular season and playoffs. And uh, it's been very noble. And you look at the stuff right there, I mean, to the gentleman he's being compared to. I mean, even the guy who's like second on this list right now, you look at a guy like Andy Reid right now who – Right now in the conference championship games, he is three and five, yet he is one and two in Super Bowls. And uh, you got Pete Carroll for, I mean, who's undefeated in conference championship games at two and zero, uh, splitting the Super Bowl. I mean, splitting two Super Bowls at one and one. Bill Belichick, obviously, uh, nine and four conference championship games, but six and three in the Super Bowl. Then you look at Mike Tomlin, only losing one time in conference championship games, out of one appearance, and uh, is one one out of two Super Bowls. Like, so not bad right there. I think just the only thing is where you look at Tomlin, you look at the way he's done things right now. I just think sometimes right now we see a little bit too conservatism, the way he coaches uh, sometimes, like getting stuff more creatively on an offensive uh, standpoint. I think defense he's been definitely uh, slowly keying in on uh, very particularly. I mean, you saw improvements in the secondary last few years, but the biggest thing is, too, I mean, you look at a lot of people will know they beat a lot of, like, uh, easier teams. But at the same time, too, again, whoever is on your schedule, handle your business, uh, take care of it. Because the thing is, you still want to make sure you're handling your part, keeping yourself in position for a playoff. And the only thing is, too, when you go with these eight and eight seasons, I mean, there's going to be times where you want to see them have better draft 
positioning. And you're going to probably be between that 15-19 range and 8-19 being out of the playoffs uh, more than likely. Not saying they can't get in the playoffs at 8-8. They almost did a few times. It hasn't happened under Mike Tomlin. But then that's why people will probably look at your previous coach like Bill Cowher. When he went 6-10, and 10, they were able to get Ben Rosberg a little bit more easier. He was able to drop to them. I mean, when you take a look at it, I mean, the Steelers, I mean, in that year, I mean, back in the 2004 NFL uh, draft, when you look at Rosberger, who uh, fell to the Steelers right there, uh, back in 2004, uh, he was the 11th pick. So they weren't top 10, but the pick right after that, I, I guess you could say the cleanup pick, which would be 11. So, I mean, he had a little bit better position. I'm not saying that he was planning to go 6-10, and 10, but at the same time, too, I mean, he's had at least two 6-10 and 10 records in 1999 and 2006. And when you look at 19 – I mean, when you look at 2000 following that 1999 year, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were the number eighth overall pick, thanks to being 6-10, and 10, where they got Blacksco Burris right there who was a legitimate receiver with the Steelers for a few years. Uh, of course, it wasn't in the cards for him to win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. He eventually became a Super Bowl hero with the Giants, stopping the unbeaten New England Patriots team. But still, I mean, you look at stuff right there. And I just feel right now, when you look at the years, I mean, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, say, like in 2013, they had a 17th overall pick with Jarvis Jones. Uh he was okay. He didn't have any pro affairs. But I think he was, I mean, he was definitely a guy who was definitely a disappointment, but still showed some flashes at times. Then you also look at 2014, 15th overall pick, got Ryan Shazier, a guy who's made two Pro Bowls right there until he finally had the devastating contusion injury right there, which ultimately ended his career, but doing much better health-wise. Another example of being eight and eight. I mean, when you uh, look at it too, or not eight and eight, but let's say nine, six, and one. And remember, they were able to trade up 10 spots. I think they traded up in the 20th spot and were able to get Evan Bush at the 10th overall pick, which they traded with the Broncos, I believe it was. And were able to get the guy they missed out from the previous year draft in 2018, where they've gotten uh, safety throw Evans of Virginia Tech. So, again, I, I, I just want to make sure I'm coming off very clearly. I think the only frustrating thing is I look at the draft positioning. I'm also looking at, too, what are you doing in the postseason? I mean, it's one thing to have a guy very competitive, uh, keep you in it. And a lot of coaches, I mean, in Thomas' case, they have also had some A, I mean, on their face in the postseason. You have Pete, a guy like Pete Carroll right now who has never been back uh, to the conference championship game since his last Super Bowl. That hasn't happened. I mean, the furthest he's went is to the divisional round with his teams. And the last time they were in the divisional round, I mean, when you look back at that run with the Seattle uh, Seahawks, was in the 2019 season where they lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers uh, in that playoffs right there back in 2020. So, I mean, even Sean Payton, too. I mean, Sean Payton, let me listen. I mean, for a guy who went at least three straight years, no postseason appearance, 
was able to make some strong runs. The first he's gotten was to the conference uh, championship game that year. And you look back at a guy like, say, uh, Sean Payton right there. I mean, when we look at it, I mean, during that time, I mean, a lot of people always associate him with that infamous loss to the Rams, which should have been a mispass interference call, which pretty much kept him from securing the game against the Rams, able to tie that game, win it in overtime. I mean, you look at Sean Payton, too, as an example, too. And I know I'm probably proving some cases – people's cases right, who I've made this argument with. I mean, this guy, he has been one and two in conference championship games, losing to the Chicago Bears and then the L.A. Rams back in 2006 and 2018. So I, I get it. I think the thing is when you look at coaches like a guy like Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, or even Mike McCarthy when he had Aaron Rodgers, I think the, the, where the thing gets lost at with Mike Tomlin, I guess people's – tend to seem to look at them like they're coaching wizards on offense. They know how to like, be like a lot more creative, a lot more X's and O's. And I, I think that definitely goes back to stems too, where Terry Bradshaw made his criticism, Mike Tomlin, or he once called him a cheerleader. And like a few years later, I mean, he's, he's trying to apologize, trying to back off that, be a little bit more leniency on that and be a, a little bit more supportive of Tomlin. And I'm not sure how that relationship is right now, but that's the criticism that he's been associated with. I mean, just trying to see a guy expect a lot more. I mean, you hear guys like Andrew Filippoli, too, on 93.7 The Fan. I mean, as past that looliness where you hear from him on the on his shows. I mean, he does make some sense, too. I mean, you also heard Joe uh, Starkey uh, from the Cook and Joe show on 93.7 The Fan. I mean, even Callum Dunlap on the Fan Morning Show, a little bit more hesitation, a little bit more surprise he's actually gotten a three-year extension as opposed to a normal one, two-year extension he normally gets. And I think that definitely just says a lot right there. And Art really definitely feels comfortable with it. And uh, right now, as we uh, look at it, uh, Art Rooney was saying Mike is one of the most successful head coaches in the National Football League. And we are confident in his leadership to continue to lead our team as we work to, to win another championship. Uh, and Mike Tomlin uh, saying has his, uh, showing his gratitude. I am extremely grateful for this contract extension. I want to thank Art really a second and everyone in the organization for the support in my last 14 seasons, according to Tomlin. We have a goal of winning the organization's seven Super Bowl championship, and I couldn't be more enthusiastic about this upcoming season. See, this is where I have the problem with Tomlin. And listen, I I don't want you, anyone to feel like I'm disrespecting a guy who is a black eyed coach who hasn't had a losing season. I mean, in his 14 years, going into his 15th season, this is where I get frustrated with. If the goal is to win the Super Bowl, how come we're, your defense is still averaging over 43 points I mean, three straight games. This has been not been the same team who's been playing with confidence, saying the tempo in games since that AFC championship loss to the Patriots in New England back in 2017. And I get it. I mean, he, he'll keep you right on the cusp of being there. My problem is when it comes to postseason time, still being slapped in the mouth. Did the coward have that? Absolutely he did. 
But the biggest difference is, like I said, he has not had one and dones except for like his first two seasons. He had seven straight years where he went one and one, mainly by the divisional round and then coming up short in the AFC Championship game, which he was two and four. He deserves a lot of heat for that. But again, look at the quarterbacks he was dealing with. He was dealing with guys like a Neil Donald, a Mike Tomczak, even Cordell Stewart for those last uh, two seasons post Neil Donald right there. Slash, I mean, who had to try and make stuff work. I, and you, you look at stuff like that. I think Stewart maybe had one postseason start. I'm not sure uh, in the late 90s. Maybe it was Tomczak in that 96 uh, fog ball loss against the Patriots. But at the same time, too, Cower, I mean, his defense was just as good, different levels of playing times, but he did it for some middle-of-the-road quarterbacks right there until he had a guy like Ben Rosberger. Now, I'm not saying Ben Rosberger was definitely, like, wowing people, but he was that figure who, with his size and his mobility, he could throw the ball uh, pretty decent. But he was getting sacked a lot more. But you finally had a guy right there to help complement a defense that has been churning uh, for such a long time. Now, Mike Tomlin, and fairness too, he has maximized Ben Roethlisberger in his career. I will say that. I mean, him as assistants, where you look at like a Bruce Arians, I mean, despite the times, how many times he's allowed him to get sacked in his career, but Con Haley. Uh, still give a man his dues. I mean, I, I know he wasn't too fond of him. He didn't feel like he had enough freedom in the end with him. And he and he didn't like going back and forth into a war shouting with Haley. But he was able, to his credit, be able to make him a better pocket passer since then. I mean, does he still run every now and there? Absolutely. It, it may be severely minimized. But I look at a guy right now who has a lot more patience he wasn't doing that with Arians. I mean, he was already starting to collect some steam when Tomlin came into town. I just feel like, you know, Tomlin at the end of the day, I mean, they have a very great uh, quarterback coach relationship as far as like uh, chemistry goes. And uh, you can't help, you don't want to break up any success you share together right there. So, yes, I am confident in the guy, Mike Tomlin, going forward. But like I said, I, at some point, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, aren't really, I mean, this extension says it all right there, but don't think for one moment that there still isn't, you know, like reminders. It's just you, you want to work towards getting our some Super Bowl championship, but you have to make bigger adjustments in the playoffs. That's fair enough. I think that is solid to say. I'm not going to slam the guy. I am very grateful for this guy being in this time. Uh, nothing is promised. And that's the only thing I will say about this right now uh, as we were looking at. Once again, I just want to just say uh, thank you for those who are taking the time to tune in right now. Uh, We're going to get some other uh, around the league stuff. We'll get some Heinz Ward to end on fair or foul. Let's go into that right now, shall we? Uh, So what we're looking at right now, uh, according to the NFL owners and many people within the competition committees, uh, right now, here are the seven uh, proposals they're going to be making uh, coming up uh, for this season, I believe it is. Uh, number one, beginning uh, for right now, hold on one second. Let's take a look at this right now. As uh, we look at it, 
I, I know one of the biggest headlines too uh, right now. There's gonna be a rule expanding eligible jersey numbers for uh, certain uh, positions right now coming up. I'm not sure if it's going to be this season, but I know they made some approvals to that, so we'll see. But anyway, here are some of the uh, approvals they made. Expanded booth official communication for instant replays right here. I mean, I know how a lot of times we've seen, like, where it's like Mike Pereira or other officials, like on TV that we see communicating with the officials. Right now, what they want to do is the hope is to increase and allow communication that will lead to fewer errors on objective calls that could be seen clearly on TV. So basically, other officials on the field right there, they can have more better communication with the lead officials at that time and invoke some objectivity as far as like whenever there's a play being challenged. So I would think that will definitely help clean some of that stuff up. I mean, we'll see about that. I'm sure you're gonna probably see some remote like uh, communication from the New York office still checking on a certain place here. Uh, another one I find very interesting right here is the onside kick proposal uh, from the competition committee. They're gonna be limiting the amount of players in the setup zone to make onside kicks easier for the kicking team to recover. So. Uh, limiting uh, receiving players. So is that just going to be maybe like two or three as opposed to like, I don't know, up to like five people right there when someone was attempting to make an outside uh, kick right here. I mean, right now, I mean, they're trying to make it easier for the kicking team to be able to recover the ball because you got that many receivers right there. It's a little bit more easier to uh, maintain possession than anything. I mean, you got a lot more bodies right there. And the only thing is, how many times we're really seeing these things recovered, unless it's by a lucky bounce. I mean, if you really think about it. Uh, and that's why I think I like the other uh, proposal. And I think we heard this last year and it's been brought up again right now by the Eagles to have the 4th and 15 alternative. I think I'm there to start 4th and 15. I think it's like at the 20-yard line, I, I want to say. If they convert it, I think the ball will be at the 35-yard line where you have about 65 yards. I'd rather have that option personally if if they're able to allow that to choose. I mean, where you want to do the outside kick, or would you rather go for four fifteen? To be honest with you, if we're really talking about safety and integrity of the league, but more particularly safety, I'd rather do four for fifteen. I think that would definitely be a, a lot more of a higher percentage. It's not gonna be a guarantee, but I think it, it, it could break it up more often where Players, if you're looking to get that ball back late in games where it's for the tying or goal, I mean, just for tying scores or whatever, just to keep the game extended, I'm more for that. I rarely see eliminate the kicks, uh, onside kicks, or, you know, still have them there, just have them optionable. Because the thing is, too, I mean, I mean, there hasn't been any injuries, but why not? I, I rather much do that. And uh, speaking of right now, uh, some other rules, no more preseason overtime right right now. Uh, that's one thing that's been uh, – some coaches have been kind of getting a little frustrated. They've been hoping to avoid uh, running into during the preseason, make games longer. So that's going to be uh, out of the table. So you'll probably just see tie games in the preseason. Remember, it's going to be like two, maybe three games. <sighs> I mean, of course, with the Hall of Fame game, I imagine that would still be going on. But, yeah, uh, this is the stuff we got going on right here. 
Now, interesting one I see right here is like uh, the, ch- the changing of players right now too uh, to have uh, certain numbers, jersey numbers for certain positions and other tweaks. As far as like when we uh, looked at a little bit more uh, closely here, uh, for uh, skill players right now, the expand jerseys will allow running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, uh, running backs, and wide receivers to wear numbers one for 49. So basically your offense, so your uh, wide receiver, tight ends, and running backs to wear numbers one for 49, and 80 through 89 will be for uh, defensive backs. Uh, can't choose from one for 49. Linebackers, one through 59, and 90 for 99. Offensive linemen, 50 for 79, and defensive linemen, 50 for 79, and 90 for 99. Quarterbacks, kickers, and punters will remain in one for 19. Hey, you know what? I don't know about anyone else, but to be honest, yeah, why? I, I know it's trying to spice up the game, make it a little bit more unique. I mean, try to sell off the product and, like, you know, just like highlight like certain skilled players. But I don't know about anyone else, but raise your hand. I'm going to raise it right now. Uh, leave it the way it is. Do we have to see jersey number changes for skilled players? I'd rather just keep it. That's going to be too much, probably more than likely confusion, trying to pay attention who's where. And no. But, I mean, hey, listen, they like to sell their offense, the NFL does. I mean, lately, last decade, ever since the concussions, trying to safen the game and open up more. And also, too, I mean, you look at, like, the sports gambling being improved for the last three years now. So how much is it more? There, I mean, that's being influenced right now to help with some of these changes as you think about it. So that, I, I'd rather just leave it the way it is. Another one we got right now is a proposal by the Rams to add a loss of down to a penalty for a second forward pass from behind the line and for a pass. So loss of down. So probably go from second to the third down if you have two uh, forward uh, passes from behind the line of scrimmage. I think I like that one. I think that's definitely a fair one right there. Uh, and another one, too. Uh, we got right now is by the Chicago uh, Bears right now is to make sure the enforcement of all accepted penalties committed by either team are successful extra point attempts. So I guess running in the kickers or just jumping offside, they just want to make sure those are enforced right there. Now, another one too that seems to be interesting too is like the hiring of like coaches, GMs, or certain restricted, unrestricted free agents right now. So, uh, when we uh, look at that right now, the GM and head coaching hiring cycles, try to push that back to the start of interviews for all clubs. Instead of after conference championship games and the Super Bowl, uh, they're trying to have it at the start of training camp through the Super Bowl, basically, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that one I'm still figuring out, folks. Uh, if, if you guys uh, hear it different, feel free to correct me. Uh, I apologize, but I'm just barely picking up on that one myself. I want to I want to say that's what they're indicating is that they're looking at the start of training camp through the Super Bowl. I mean, personally, I, I think it's better if you're going to do uh, coaching hires. I think just wait till the Super Bowl ends or, or whichever team's eliminated in the playoffs. 
I, I don't think I, I like when it's like during the playoffs and then you're going at look at like uh, the enemy with the Chiefs right now. Uh, he's a guy who, for whatever reason, has still not found a, a head coaching job. Uh, a lot of people uh, like Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin. I mean, you look at the continued streaming of black African American coaches uh, being lesser available. And you're still seeing more white head coaches or different race other than blacks, which is very uh, sickening at the end of the day. It's like they deserve a lot better. I mean, when you look at most of the sport, I mean, pretty much is uh, African American and then other races here. It's it's sad. I mean, the ruling rule, how it's barely being pushed, but to try and help around it, we're rewarding teams are looking at minority uh, candidates uh, for like uh, GMs, front office, coaches, or just people in an organization that get rewarded uh, draft compensation. So I, I hope that I'll change for the better for all. Uh, Bruce Arians definitely did a wonderful job. Congratulations to him and his coaching staff right there with him, Byron Leftwich. I mean, you also have former Steel on there. Uh, I think it was Larry Foote was another one. And you also got Todd Bowles on there. So, I mean, aside from Tom Brady, I mean, listen, I mean, that they got a lot of great people in play, but Tom Brady definitely helps switch over the top. But when you have guys like around that working together, that speaks volumes right there. So, fair or foul right now, let's get into that. Heinz Ward will get an opportunity to not only get an NFL uh, coaching job again, but possibly as a wide receiver assistant with a team, more particularly the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say fair on that one. Listen, I, I know Heinz Ward kind of feels like he was forced out a little bit in the way uh, when he retired, to be honest with you. But at the same time, too, I mean, if got Mike Tomlin, who didn't have a chance to coach uh, Joey Porter as a player, remember, he, I think he was released or – Moved on from the Steelers what, shortly after Tomlin came in. I think he went over to the Cardinals, I want to say. But still, I mean, he was able to come back. I mean, Pittsburgh, I think back in 2015, I want to say it was. And, I mean, he was their linebackers coach for a few seasons. I mean, if you could do that with Joey Porter, I think Joey Porter was a huge spark for a team who prides itself as being viewed as Blitzburg. And – you know, Porter, I mean, at the end of the day, he definitely, like, uh, fired that team up, like, if he was still playing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's just some moments where just, like, what are you doing, like, on the field, like, in a playoff game versus the Bengals? He's coming out there. I think after Antonio Brown got hit by Vontaze Perfect, you know, and some of his players had to kind of help calm him down and uh, bring back to the silent. But still, I mean, you saw that raw emotion right there they brought in there. I mean, can Hines Ward bring that same element and then Mike Tomlin be able to, like, uh, set aside some differences? I, I'm not, I don't think there's any personal animosity, but maybe just parts as far as, like, business working together. Remember, you still got a guy like Ike Hillier right there. And it's very rare you see any former Steeler players who's played under him or before he's came to town on his coaching staff. But I still think that could be a possibility. I think Heinz Ward definitely will bring an attitude uh, to his receiving team as far as more toughness, uh, just being more physical, because Heinz Ward was always a physical smash-mouth smash mouth type of football player when he played. I mean, despite the fact he was being viewed 
at one point as one of the dirtiest players in the league, which I think was bullshit, to be honest with you, but let's get on with that. But Eli does uh, keep us updated on uh, Heinz Ward. He is now a coaching intern with uh, Florida Atlantic right now. And uh, when we look at it, he will be assisting wide receiver coach Joey Thomas down there. Remember, he began his uh, coaching career as an intern with the Steelers back in 2017, and then later went on with the Jets under Am Gage for 2018 for two seasons. Uh, one of the most infamous games in in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, on Sunday, being the Steelers, where they went eight and seven and losing to an Am Gage uh, defense and. Remember uh, Heinz Ward uh, being very emotional, uh, beating his former team right there. Definitely overjoyed to uh, get a win on his former mates. But since Robert Sala has come into town right now, he's had to find a new place to continue his coaching career. So he is down there. So Heinz Ward, uh, hopefully, I just want to wish you the best down there. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe like at HBCU college, like down the road or somewhere like that in his coaching career or something very similar, but definitely need love to have him back in the NFL and hopefully with the Steelers. Anyway, that's going to do it for a conclusion for this edition of the Nice Steel Podcast. Once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nice Steel CGR and at Nice Steel Nation on Instagram. As I leave, leave you, don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, Steelers, here we go. I'm out here, I gone.